I attempt to be nice when I preach. You say, uh-oh. I really do. The preaching of the Word of God is one of the strangest phenomenon you'll ever see if you see real Bible preaching. What I'm going to teach you this morning is not conducive to amen sermons. Friday night at 2 o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit of God was beating me senseless with what I'm going to teach you this morning. Scripture is made to be applied to lies. Now, I want to be nice. I really am. I'm going to be as nice as I can be to you this morning. But I want you to know I am still have wounds from what the Holy Spirit of God did to me Friday night. And I, and I, know I don't say that to scare you or any way put you on the defensive. I just want you to know that, hey, all I'm doing is what God's shown me. Okay, and I'm not going to be hard to you this morning. I'm not going to mean to you. We're going to talk about Balaam. And Balaam is one of the greatest examples that God has set forth in Scripture for a Christian that's worldly. Now, if you're not worldly here today and you're walking the thing, I don't know how anybody can escape this message. <laughs> I know I didn't. <laughs> I really didn't. And again, I'm not, my intention is not to be hard. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. I sometimes become self-conscious. I'm too hard on you guys. I really do. I worry about it. But I've I got to preach what God chose me. And I'm, again, I'm not going to be mean to you. I probably shouldn't even start it this way. But I want you to know that, boy, God put me away with loose Friday night. And um, all I'm going to do is just show you what he showed me. And let what God does, God does. Second Peter chapter 3, or chapter 2, verse 15. Talking about false prophets. Which have forsaken the right way and have gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Basor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumbass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophets. The Bible says that false prophets are like Balaam. They love the wages of unrighteousness and that, and that uh, God in Balaam's case used a dumbass to, to rebuke him, to rebuke him. Turn back to Numbers 22. All we are going to do this morning is look at Balaam. Look at his life and draw some things from Scripture. Numbers 20. We're going to read a whole bunch of verses this morning. Now, like I always say whenever I read a lot of verses, you can sit in your chair this morning and you can tune on a different station and you can begin wandering and dreaming about whatever you're dreaming about and be bored to tears. Or you can listen this morning and follow along and try and catch my incoherent line of thought and if you'll do that, hopefully you'll learn something this morning, and the Spirit of God will make you more like Christ. Is that your purpose this morning? Man, I have one request. Would you all learn to say amen? I'm going to take you to some of the churches. You're going to bear some dickens out of me. I want to go to the day. I want, you know. The day that we sing a song, and about three of you go amen between verses, I'm going to jump off that piano stool, do three backflips, and land right back on it, and not miss a note. Amen. <laughs> Numbers 22. I'm one of these preachers. I can preach with amens or without amens. But I love you guys so much, I'm insecure up here. I feel like you all hate me when I get done. And if I hear an amen, it's when I get my security back. Look at Numbers 22. Isn't it great being a Christian? Amen. You love him? 
Numbers 22. After I take you to Rochester next year, after you all schedule your vacations in August next year, and we take a bus to Rochester, I will have to make you shut up so I can preach after you get back from there. I promise you. Numbers 22. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side of Jordan by Jericho. And Balak the son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was so afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick us, lick up all that are round about us, as the ark licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. And he sent messengers therefore unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pether, which is by the river of the land of all the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth. They abide over against us. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Preadventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, that I may drive them out of the land. For I want not that he whom thou blessest is blessed, and he whom thou cursed is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hands, and they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. Now, last week we talked to you, or two weeks ago we talked to you about, about um, Ammon and, and Moab and Edom. Who did I tell you that Moab was a type of at that time? You need to write this in your Bible. Moab is always a type of the soul. Ammon is always a type of the unregenerated spirit. And Esau is always a type of the flesh. Now, I asked you guys a long, long time ago. asked you guys a long, long time ago. As I teach this stuff, do me a favor. Ask this for me personally. Write this stuff down so that you can teach it. Because I promise you, you're going to be at work someday, and you're going to say, boy, Dave dropped the bombshell on us last night. And the guy's going to say, what's he saying? You're going to say, well, it was something like this, and you're not going to be able to teach it to him. Or someday, I'm going to say, hey, I need you to feel for me. I'm sick tonight. And the Bible says, everyone be prepared to give an answer for the hope that's within us. So as I teach you this stuff, you need to get in your Bible a, a, a way of writing this stuff down so you can retain it. Now, the children of Israel are going up against Moab. That's a type of the soul. You understand that? And the king of Moab, his name is Balak. You need to learn this name, B-A-L-A-K. Balak says, uh-oh, there are too many for us. He says, I'm going to send off to the prophet that's in Israel. His name is Balaam, B-A-L-A-A-M. And I'm going to offer Balaam all kinds of rewards if Balaam will curse Israel. For if Balaam curses somebody, God curses them. And if Balaam blesses somebody, God blesses them. And we are going to be destroyed if we don't get this God of Balaam to curse Israel. That's the story. Now, verse 8, the elders have come to Balaam, and here's what they say. And he said to them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me, Balaam is talking. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. 
And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of, of Moab, hath sent unto me, saying, There is a people come out of Egypt which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse them, pre-adventure, and I shall be over, and I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Go ye into your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak, and Balak and, and said, Balaam refuseth to come with us. Now I want you to notice some things here. The prophet of God. You all know what's right and wrong, don't you? You know who God's blessing and who's God. Don't, don't you down deep inside? Sometimes we deceive ourselves and say we don't. Here's the prophet of God. Some people, the enemy of Israel, come to him and say, Now, Balaam, you guys are going to clean our clocks and wipe us off the face of the earth. Would you come? And they gave him all kinds of rewards of divination, rewards for being a seer. And they gave him all these rewards, and they said, Would you curse Israel? And he says, Guys, you go in the back bedroom, go to sleep. I'm going to go talk to God. I'll let you know in the morning. Now, stop a second. What would you do if the guy on the street said, Hey, Dave, would you curse your church so it won't grow? What should my reaction be? Shouldn't a skip sidekick be in order? Something like that. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't something really hard to the, to the, to the solar plexus be nice? Just some blood might be left somewhere, you know what I'm saying? That, I wouldn't even consider it, would I? I hope. Right, man? Why would this prophet, who is the speaker of the word of God in Israel, why would he say, curse Israel? Let me pray about it. Let me go talk to God, and I'll tell you in the morning. Look what God said in verse 12. And God said to Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Now tell me verbally, what did God say? Two things. Talk to me. Verse 12. Come on. Don't go with them. Number two. Don't, don't, don't bless them. Don't curse them. Okay? Bless them. Look at verse 15. And Balak set yet again princes more, and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee into very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servant of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now therefore I pray you, tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them, but yet the word which I shall say unto thee, thou shalt do. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Now what happened? Balaam, he won't come. Hey, 
bring the vice president in, bring in the honorable princes, and he sends a delegation on Air Force Two to see Balaam. And they bring him great riches. And they say, don't let anything hinder you from coming. And he says, hey, guys, I want to go. I would like to come. My pockets are not full. I would like to get some rewards. I'd like to get some gold, some silver. I'd like to get some honor. Hey, guys, I'd like to, but I'm sorry if God says, no, I can't. But I still want to. So he says, I'll tell you what. Maybe God's changed his mind. Go spend the night, I'll tell you in the morning. Now, grab in one hand, verse 12, grab in the other hand, verse 20. Now, I'm going to take a second here, it'll be a blank spot on the tape. Tell me what the difference is. Verse 12 to verse 20. This is called participation preaching. The first time, God answered in verse 12, which God said the second time, he answered in verse 20. Okay? God changed his mind? Is that what it looks like? Does that look what it looks like? Yeah, there's a conflict. Okay? A conflict. Now, I want you to notice a couple things before we go on. Verse 17, they promise him honor and great riches. And whatever he wants, bought like a meal ticket like that, wouldn't you? <coughs> whatever you want, Dave. Now, verse 23, 22, paragraph marker. And God's anger was kindled because he went. Wait a minute. I thought God just said he could go. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside and went out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyard, a wall being on this side and on a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself under the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in the narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. Balaam saddles his ass and goes out, with, goes out with, with the prince of Moab. God gets mad. His anger was kindled. And he goes out and he stands in the road with his sword drawn to kill Balaam, and the ass sees it, and he turns off and goes to the field. Well, uh, well, uh, Balaam says, well, you dumbass, and he hits him in the head. That's not cutting, that's what the Bible says. And he hits him in the head, and he says, get back in the road, and he yanks on the rein, and runs the horse back up on the road. Well, the angel leaves and goes down the road to where there's walls on each side of the road, in the vineyard. And he gets there, and the angel's there, just about to cut off Balaam's head, and the ass sees him, and runs up against the wall to miss the angel, and he crushes his foot. 
and Balaam is cussing and snorting and spouting, and he takes his hand and smacks that old ass on the side of the head. And so he gets the ass straightened out and cusses him real good and goes down. And the angel goes down where there's a place where it's real narrow, where just the walls are right here. And the ass looks up, and there's the angel over with the sword drawn, and he falls down. And Balaam's got this ass playing on him, and he's cussing and snorting and fussing and fighting. Look at verse 28. This is, this is one of the funniest verses in the Bible. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? And you know what's funny about that? Look at verse 29. And Balaam answered. <laughs> and Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there, I would there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill thee. Here's a man talking to an ass. And you know what's so funny about Balaam didn't know he's talking to a horse. He ain't even got a clue. They're laying on the ground, and he takes his staff, and he whomps the ass across the back of the head, and the ass gets up and shakes and says, What did I do to you? Why are you hitting me? And Balaam said, Because you smashed my foot and laid on me, you stupid ass. That's where the term comes from. Because I go to church for to preach a cuss. Look at verse 20, verse 30. And the ass said to Balaam, Am not I thine ass, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, No. You've been a good ass. That's what he says. You've been a good donkey. Verse 31. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. He's still talking to the donkey. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten this, smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me, and turned from me these three times, unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee, and saved her life, or saved her alive. Look at verse 34. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. For I knew not that thou stoodst in the way against me. Now therefore. Look at the next word. What's the next word after therefore? If it displeased thee, he's standing to kill him. <laughs> if it displeased thee, I will get me back again. Well, of course it displeased him. He's there to kill you. Verse 35. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Let me draw some conclusions from this passage from you. The world comes to Balaam and they say, Hey, if you will curse God's people, we will give you promotion to honor and riches and give you things whatever you ask. Balaam said, pray about it. God says, no. Don't go with them and don't curse them. They come back with a better offer. Balaam goes to God a second time. You know what God does? God changes Balaam from his perfect will to his permissive will. 
Is it okay? If you want to go, go. Just say what I say. Because God had already said, don't go. And the second time he asked, he changed God's mind. And then God said, okay, Balaam, how stupid are you? And he had two words of God. One that said, don't go. One that said, go, but don't to do it. So when God said, this guy is really out to curse my people. So God would have to kill him. And Second Peter says that the ass saved his life. Flip back real quick to Second Peter 2, 7, 2, 16. So we're studying. But was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumbass speaking with man's voice, forbade what? The madness of the prophet. It was madness to go. But he went. But he went. Now notice. If I saw God standing in the middle of 52 on the way home with a sword in his hand to kill me because my way was perverse before him, brother, I would change. Would you? There would be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If I knew that God was going to kill me for what I was doing, I would cease and desist and I would turn around and go back. Wouldn't you? Balaam says, if it displeases me, I'll go back. What's God saying? Are you that dumb? Go ahead and go. I'll save your life. Go ahead and go. Just don't curse Israel. You curse Israel, I'll kill you. Twenty-three-one. Let's go down to twenty-three, twenty-two. Read on, thirty-six. And when Balak heard that Balaam was come, he went out to meet him into, into a city of Moab, which is in the border of Arnon, which is the is it, which is in the utmost coast. And Balak said unto Balaam, Did I not earnestly send unto thee, uh, send unto thee to call thee? Wherefore camest thou not unto me? Am I not able indeed to promote thee to honor? And Balaam said unto Balak. Lo, I am come unto thee. Have I now any power at all to say anything? The word that God putteth in my mouth, that shall I speak. Well, at least he's got his heart right, and he's going to say only what God tells him to say. And Balaam went unto Balak, and they came unto Kerjath Huzoth. And Balak offered oxen and sheep, and sent to Balaam, and to the princes that were with him. Now look at verse 41. Paint it red in your Bible. And it came to pass on the morrow that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of where? Baal. That thence he might see the utmost part of the people. Verse 20, chapter 23. And Balaam said to Balak, Build me here seven altars, and prepare me here seven oxen and seven rams. And Balak did as Balaam said spoken, and Balak and Balaam uh, offered on every altar a, Bala, a bullock there's too many Balaks and Balaams and Bullocks. Offering every altar a bullock and a ram. And Balak, Balaam said unto Balak, Stand by thy burnt offering, and I will go. Preadventure the Lord will come and meet me, and whatsoever he showeth me, I will tell thee. And he went to a high place. And God met Balaam and said unto him, I have prepared seven altars, and I have offered upon every altar a bullock and a ram. 
And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus, shalt, thus thou shalt speak. And he returned unto him and said, Turning to him, and lo, he stood by his burnt sacrifice, he and all the princes of Moab, and he took up a parable and said, Balak the king of Moab hath brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, Come, curse me, Jacob, and come, defy Israel. How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom God hath not defied? From the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. And lo, the people shall dwell, dwell alone and shall not be doing. And he goes on and he says, hey, I cannot do anything that God doesn't want me to do. Now, he goes to God a couple more times. And every time, all God does is bless Israel and curse Moab. In fact, over in chapter 24, he says that Moab is going to be cut down and destroyed and really gets nasty. Well, Moab, or Balak gets mad. Balak gets really ticked. He says, now what's the deal here? I brought you in here to curse these people, and all you're doing is, um, is, 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 uh, is, um, is cursing me. Look at chapter 24, verse 10. <coughs> and Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam, and he smote his hands together, and Balak said unto Balaam, I called thee to curse mine enemies, and behold, thou hast altogether blessed them these three times. Therefore now flee thou to thy place. I thought to promote thee to great honor, but lo, the Lord hath kept thee back from honor. And Balaam said unto Balak, Spake I not also to thy messengers which thou sentest unto me? If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the command of the Lord to do evil, to do either good or bad of mine own mind, but what the Lord saith, that will I speak. Now let me stop for a minute and draw some conclusions. Second Peter puts Balaam in a New Testament age. He says these false prophets we're saying about in chapter 2 are just like Balaam. What these people do is for, is for reward and gain and honor and wealth. They will sell out the God whom they know. And for these things, these men are greedy of gain. Have you ever seen a man whom you know God was dealing with. God puts him in the hospital. He has a severe car wreck where he gets cancer. And God's trying to get the man's attention. And he comes out of the hospital and he goes right back to his old lifestyle. And then God puts his wife in the hospital. God takes one of his children. And the man continues right on his own perverse ways. I've learned something the last couple of years. Calamity in a man's life is not accidental. And calamity in a man's life is not neutral. If God puts you or a loved one in a hospital, look around. Look around. Because God's trying to get somebody's attention. And this man offered all the things the world could offer. He set his face to do it. But when he got there, he couldn't do it. 
If you will look at me at Numbers 24, verse 11, I want you to notice something. Balak said, I want to give you all this stuff, but the last phrase says, but lo, the Lord hath kept thee back from honor. Listen to me. You saved? You say, I know him as my Savior? The world's going to come to you. And the world's going to offer you promotion for cursing your God. If I had time this morning, I could tell you stories in my life where the world's come to me and said, hey, that's stuff for the birds. That's Christianity for weak-minded people. Do you really believe all that stuff about sin and hell and all that stuff? And the world has said, curse me. Look what I'll give you. When I had Denim Den, the clothing store that I own, you know what kept me back from prospering? Numbers 24:11. The Lord kept me back. You know why? When I owned Denim Den, I could not prosper because I was Balaam trying to live the Christian life in Moab. And you can't do it. You know what God tells you the first time you come to him? 2 Corinthians 6. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. You know what you say? Boy, that's awful harsh, God. Well, do you understand the people at work? Well, do you understand, Lord, that if I'm going to live in Appleton City or, or live in this county, Lord, I've got to rub shoulders with them, and I've got to be their buddy. Lord, they won't buy their grain from me, or Lord, they won't do this, or Lord, I can't sell my eggs, or Lord, I won't be able to sell. You say, Lord, you understand. See, go back to God again, and God says, okay. Go with them. Just don't curse them. You know what God didn't wish me to do? See if you'll obey 2 Corinthians 6, or you'll begin walking in the way of Balaam. What did Jesus say when he had the sword in his hand? Thy way is perverse before me. What was Balaam's way? It was the path from Israel to Moab. Amen? My friend, if we as Christians are willing to start walking toward the world but retain our prophet status, that's perverse before God. And there's many a time the angel of the Lord's run a highway and caused the head-on crash or caused the sickness because of a Christian's life. You say, oh, come on. Hey, 2 Corinthians says that many are weak and many are sick and many sleep because of sin with the Lord's Supper. That's the angel of God standing in the road defying the prophet of God going to the world. Now, you know what happened? Listen to me. You know why God allowed Balaam to get to Moab? Why he didn't go back when he was in the vineyard? So that you and I would know that if we decide to go ahead and go to Moab, go to the world, when you get there, you can't get it anyway because the Lord's going to keep you back from it. You got just enough salvation and just enough Christianity that you can't get what the world's offering. What does the world offer me? A good time, 
I can't go to a tavern. Can, any, can you go to a tavern this afternoon in a good conscience? Can you honestly, after hearing the preaching of the Word of God, go home and pop a Bud Light? No. You can't go back. Why? Because of God in you. The, the letting the lesson of Balaam, that if you do get to the world and you do live in Israel, you can't speak except what God tells you to. And you're going to be there and you're not going to get what you went there for. You're going to get there and get in the sin and say, it's empty. It's worthless. And what you're going to do, you're going to get on your knees and you're going to crawl back to God and say, oh God, how was I so foolish? Oh God, how was I so foolish to compromise, to compromise what you had for me? He held the highest office in Israel, the prophet. What did he do? Want some riches? Want some honor? Want whatsoever you desire? Yeah. Let's go. And he tried, get this, he tried to do it with God's blessing. What's the church today doing? Living like the world with God's blessing. It's okay to be queer. Paul was just a bit bigot when he was threading the things. God does not despise us homosexuals. God, God's love. And they try and live in Moab with God's blessing. Maybe the problem with cigarettes and alcohol is not a problem. Question. Are your affections in the world? Do you want the riches? Do you want the honor? Do you want the glory? Or do you want a relationship? Do you realize the thing that jumped out of this passage at me was every time God went to Balaam, went to God, God was there and answered him. There was no lag. There was nothing. He just had to say, I'm going to go talk to God. Hey, Lord, what do you think? The Lord said. That's what I have. Amen? I want to go to God. I just get on my knees. Tell him I want to meet with you. Well, says, okay, here I am. What do you want to know? He had that kind of accessible to God. He'd go right to God anytime and God would answer him. What do you have? Second Peter says, he loved the wages of of unrighteousness. In your Bible, in the margin of Numbers 22, I want you to write down these two things. And then we're going to look at them. And I'll close. In the margin of Numbers 22, I want you to write down there's two things associated with Balaam. We read in 2 Peter 2, 15, that the way of Balaam, I want you to write down the way of Balaam, and I want to give you a definition for it. The way of Balaam, and this may not be 100%, this is what I threw together, but the way of Balaam, you can say there's 100 ways, but the way of Balaam is the way to the reward for compromise to the world. The way to the rewards of compromise to the world. Now I want you to turn when you get done writing that to Revelation. Revelation chapter 2. 
Revelation 2.14. The way of Balaam is the way to the rewards of compromise with the world. Revelation 2.14. Yeah, but I don't have time to put here. You're right. You're exactly right. Revelation 2.14. Bible says, but if, but I, but I have a few things against thee, talking to uh, Pergamos, because thou hast them that hold what the doctrine of Balaam, who taughteth, or who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. Now, what is the doctrine of Balaam? To eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. Now, back in Numbers 22, I want you to write the doctrine of Balaam. The doctrine of Balaam is this. Fornication with the world. Fornication with the world. Sacrificed idols, and by the way, if you want to put after idols in parentheses, covetousness, because the Bible says idolatry is covetousness. Now, while you're when you're done writing that, I want you to turn to Numbers 25, I believe. I'm getting back there. The first verse. And look, verse 1. Numbers 25, 1. And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat and bow down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal-peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Verse 4. And the Lord said to Moses, now look at this thing. Take all the heads of the people and hang them before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said to the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one his men that were joined unto Baal Peor. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianish woman, in the sight of Moses, and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel, who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Why were they crying? Because they had married the world. And when Phineas, the son of Eleazar, uh, the son of Aaron the priest, now look at this, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel in the tent and thrust it, thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. And those that died in the plague were twenty and four thousand. Twenty and four thousand. 
under the doctrine of Balaam. Right. Whenever you marry the world, the judgment of God is soon to come. There's actually one more step if you've not got it. Whenever you marry the world, you will always sacrifice their idols. And then the judgment of God is to come. Whenever you marry the world, you always change gods. You need to learn that. Whenever you marry the world, you always change gods. You always sacrifice their idols. And the judgment of God is soon to come. What did Solomon do? The Bible said as many wives turned his heart from the Lord God. The way of Balaam is the way of a Christian walking to the world. The doctrine of Balaam is when you teach someone or... You know, you know what Balaam did? Here's what Balaam did. Hear this. Balak, I can't curse Israel. God won't let me. But if you will marry, send your daughters in their skimpiest tube tops and shortiest shorts to the disco when Israel comes in, if you'll get the men of Israel to fall in love with your daughters, they won't kill you because you become related. Balaam taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to marry, the, marry Moab, and to commit sacrifice to their gods, and it cost Israel 24,000 souls because of what one man did. Now I must hurry. I want to finish all this this morning. It's so important. Turn to Judges chapter 3. You have Numbers, you have Deuteronomy, you have Joshua, and then you have Judges. Judges chapter 3. I want you to look at verse 1 with me. Why is there a doctrine of Balaam? Why do we as Christians have to worry about this happening? Look at Judges chapter 3 verse 1. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them. What? God left the other nations in the land to prove Israel. Even as many as Israel had not known all the wars of Canaan. Only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war. At the least such as before knew nothing. Now verse 4. He lists all these people. Verse 3. And they were to prove Israel by them to know whether they were hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. And the children of Israel dwelled among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perzites, and Hivites, and Jebusites. Verse 6. And they took their daughters to be their wives, and they gave their daughters to their sons, and served their gods. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam in the groves. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he sold them into the hand of Chas Hanurishatham, 
king of Mesopotamia, and the children of Israel served him eight years. My friend, do not think the way of Balaam and the doctrine of Balaam does not apply to you. Because Balaam is coming our way. And when Balaam comes our way, my friend, no one understands that he came so that God would prove us. In the upcoming weeks and months, there will come the world to you with riches and honor. And you may come to the place where a second job will help you make it over the top. Or will where where a, a second farm or, 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 or more hours or overtime or whatever. My friend, understand that the rich of this world are an abomination before God. Now, understand, the Bible says if God gives you something, he gave it to you to enjoy. But God will allow Moab to come to see if you'll obey him or not. Do you understand? The world out there is going to 